Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well-being. We want to help you make a shift. Please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So let's get started. Today, I'd like to welcome Raquel Perlis. Raquel is a registered physical therapist who specializes in women's health, specifically pelvic pain, pelvic floor dysfunction, and postpartum rehabilitation. She has been in private practice for over 30 years in Wellesley Hills, Massachusetts. So thank you for being here with me today, Raquel. Welcome. I appreciate the invitation. Wonderful yes, to see you. Yes. So tell us your story, how you got to where you are today, you know, knowing that this is your path. Yes, so I had opened my practice in Wellesley 30 years ago, and I was doing just regular orthopedics, and I happened to be in the right place at the right time, as we all say, and found this amazing physical therapist who in Chicago was doing this work that I I have really not heard of, more than the regular postpartum, you know, sort of rehab with back pain and neck pain, but nothing to do with the pelvic floor. And she told me for hours all these amazing stories of women and men uh, that she treated. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I said, this is incredible. So I went to Chicago and I shadowed this particular person, this therapist. And after five days, I was, okay, this is my call. There are women all over the world that are suffering in Mm -hmm. silence and people probably don't know about this. So thanks to her, um, I am where I am today. And she also was able to run a a big conference in the United States sponsored by the American Physical Therapy Association. Um, Her name is Rhonda Catarinos and she's in Chicago. She's still practicing. And um, yeah, so I took the courses and I started my women's health practice. Oh my God. That's um, it, was, uh, it was not easy. It was difficult because not too many people really have heard of it. Sure. But, yeah. But yeah. So tell, so tell us some of the obstacles that, that get in your way. Yeah. So the many obstacles were that doctors and nurses and many different healthcare professionals really did not know too much about it in the east coast was not as well known as it was more in the west coast they're more progressive here they're more conservative Uh, there haven't been enough um papers research papers and it's all research based Um, so i was not able to really show them the outcomes Um, uh, this woman in chicago had written a paper of a case report that i will bring with me to show them and some doctors finally after you know literally asking them to please try they didn't know what to do with the patients so they said you know what let's try physical therapy pelvic floor pt and the patients will go back and say i feel better Mm -hmm. so that's how evolved and eventually you know now thank god doctors know much more and nurses and sex therapists um urologists all of it uh, they know more about and they understand the benefit of doing pelvic floor physical therapy oh my goodness you know raquel this just brings back so many memories for me as well because you know being traditionally trained as a dietitian but there was a part of me that just said 
this is not the whole answer to health. And, you know, as I started to expand into integrative medicine and functional medicine, you know, most of the doctors had no clue. Exactly. Uh, but I do remember my colleagues at Newton Wellesley who said, you know, she seems to get results. So I don't understand what she's doing, but I'm going to go with it anyway. So it sounds very similar to your path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we really treat patients holistically, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We are not believers that medication is the call. We don't believe that surgery is always the call. I mean, sometimes it's absolutely necessary mm-hmm. and sometimes it can complement but it should not be the only thing that a, a healthcare needs to give the patients. They, they need to give them options and then the patient can choose what they want to go first. I personally will always try holistic mm-hmm. first. Sure, sure. Yes, no, I, I, I agree. Because there's, you know, there's fewer uh, challenges trying something holistic first, you know, as long as again, it's, it's safe, you know, when it comes to supplements, I always cross reference review, make sure that they're safe. I was just actually reviewing an article from another colleague in Boston, uh, James Greenblatt, who's a psychiatrist. And he started out in functional psychiatry back in the early 80s. And of course, most of his psychiatry colleagues thought he was crazy, but he was talking about fish oils and ADD and ADHD. Um, but again, you know, we do need to use safety and precaution, but I agree, oh, sort of, you know, beginning holistically is a great way to go. Yeah. You know, yes. And we've shared so many clients over the years, you know, women suffering with prolapsed bladders, constipation, vulvodynia, which is a painful condition that can be supported with both nutrition and physical therapy. So tell us a little bit more about how you treat women's health issues. Um, so the patient will come finding us through the website or through the doctors. And the first time they come, we will focus on listening to the patient's story. Listening is very important because you're not only treating the condition that they have, but you want to hear why do they have it and how they got it. And many times is you know, a lot of the history that the patient is going to give you. Um, Then we go through an anatomy class. It's very important for women. Our practice primarily sees women, but this kind of therapy can certainly be for men as well. They have the same muscles as we do in the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about my women. Um, We do an extensive anatomy class. We explain and show them with a model of the pelvic region where the muscles are, how the muscles really contract and relax. What is the relationship between the abdominal muscles, the back muscles, the hip muscles into the pelvic floor? They intertwine. So if people have back issues, so hip issues, they may end up with pelvic floor dysfunction Mm -hmm. or vice versa. So it is very enlightening for the patients because they have never heard, they never knew that they own so many muscles in there. Uh So education is a very big part of our first visit. And then we do an evaluation that is going to consist on seeing how strong or weak you are in your hips, in your back, in your belly. And then we go into the pelvic floor. How flexible are you? If your muscles are really tight on the outside, on the hips and the back, the pelvic floor is going to be super tight. So Mm. we send them home immediately with a set of exercises to stretch and open the hips. And they're all based on yoga poses. So we are a big advocate of yoga. 
Mm. And then we start with treatments as they continue coming. Usually we like to see the patients once a week and we do a lot of hands-on. Hands-on meaning a lot of soft tissue work, which is a part of massaging. Mm -hmm. um, wherever we found there was a dysfunction, if it's in the back, in the hip, in the pelvic floor, in the abdominal muscle. Uh, and we see patients depending of every diagnosis, you know, uh, for so many weeks, everybody's different. Some of the modalities that sometimes we use will be biofeedback, which is a computer sort of generated, you know, um, program that will show the patient how tight and weak the pelvic floor muscles are. Mm -hmm. You don't perceive that until we show them in the computer, this is what you are doing this is what's normal and this is what is not normal. And mm. these are going to be our goals. Many times we need to use also electrical stimulation to wake up the muscles that are so weak after uh, delivering a baby and the nerve endings are not working um, properly. So there are many things that we incorporate in our treatment, but I will say that basically is 45 minutes of hands-on and then we treat the patient for an hour. Wow. Wow. So it's, it's very, very extensive. Yes. Very, very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I learned some biofeedback when I did my training in mind body medicine at the Benson Henry Institute. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to do that. And I have to tell you during that two weeks of training, I had no pain at all, no migraine headaches, no back pain. I mean, I slept like a baby. It was amazing. So, and, and, yeah. and again, with the patients that we see, um, some have been, you know, diagnosed recently, but have been suffering for many years. Sure. And, you know, with pain, it doesn't matter where the pain is set. We adopt postures mm. or positions that are going to feel better, but in reality, they are not, right? If I have neck pain, my tendency will be to go up like this. And then I stay here because that's where it feels the best. But at the end, it's going to start to cause other problems. So the pelvic floor, if you really think about it, it's inside vaginally and rectally. It's not something we see. So mm. I cannot look in the mirror and see, oh, my pelvic floor is tight. So this <laughs> needs to be assessed. And when we assess it and the patient says, ow, that hurts. I said, it shouldn't hurt right? And then we hook them to biofeedback and it shows like the chart is off because it's so high. The levels of tension are so high, the patient cannot believe it. Mm. But then they start to feel the difference once they start to relax, no pain or less pain, right? Mm -hmm. And they come back a week later and they said, I'm catching myself clenching all the time. Well, that's great. Then that's the beginning of your healing time. Absolutely. Right. Realizing that there is a problem. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yes. And, and, and breath work is so important. I know that I, I'm constantly training people on breathing techniques, you know, something yes. as simple and it's free and it's available to us. And yet so many people don't take breathing, it. But you know, I'm yeah. sure that, you know, you have seen with your clients, people don't know how to breathe. Yes. Everybody uses their upper body to breathe, mm -hmm. which is a very shallow breath. And we emphasize a lot of diaphragmatic breath, mm -hmm. which is the relaxation breath, but also physiologically how it works is every time you take a nice, slow, deep breath, diaphragmatic, that means that with the belly, okay, that opens your pelvic floor. So the benefits are not only 
for relaxation and, you know, helping your nervous system sort of calm down. But physiologically, you can see it, how the pelvic floor drops and relaxes too. It, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Yes, yes. Ah, oh, that's a great, that's a really great tip. Yes. And, and tell us a little bit how you treat postpartum hernia and diastasis. And I know that there is a difference, but you share with me the differences. Right, right. So we all have connective tissue all over our body. And the connective tissue is sort of embraces all the muscles. It sort of keeps things together, right? So with pregnancy, as the belly sort of enlarges and needs to give room for the baby to grow, things start to stretch. Mm -hmm. But with that says also connective tissue stretches. So there is um, a big piece of, I'm going to stand up to sort of show a little bit, there is a big piece of connective tissue that sort of gets the belly muscles here together and these stretches to give room for the baby, right? But sometimes it overstretches a little bit too much. And after you have your baby six weeks postpartum, this gap still there, it doesn't come back. So that is called diastasis recti. It's a separation of the abdominal muscle. It's not a tear. It's just an overstretch of the connective tissue and there is no support now. Now you have, you know, your body is sort of like with no support. So you don't have core. Your mm -hmm. core is gone. So what happens? You have back pain. You have hip pain. You don't have any support to all your organs. So you may be maybe getting a prolapse because of that. Mm -hmm. You have constipation you have incontinence, you have overactive bladder, so you name it. Mm -hmm. And at the end, pelvic pain. And why? Because the pelvic floor is below and it's overworking what the abdominals cannot do. Mm -hmm. So then you create another problem. You not only have the weakness of your abs, but you also have now over tightness, which is called hypertonicity of these groups of muscles called the pelvic floor, mm -hmm. hypertonicity. But when the muscles are tight all the time, they don't get stronger, they get weaker. So now you're creating a lot of other problems. Mm. So it's very important, I will say imperative that women after six weeks postpartum, they go for the checkup. The doctor should check if they have a diastasis recti. Mm -hmm. I will say only 30% check. So women are nine months postpartum. They still many times look pregnant. Ah, yes. Because there is no closure. Uh -huh. It's still open. And then after, even if they don't have a separation, they need to go to see a pelvic floor physical therapist because they are weak. They are not separated, but they may be very weak. And then the doctor gives them the, okay, you can go back and do whatever you want. You're fine. So they start with plank and they go with oh. crunches. Oh, that's crunches. All that <laughs> is going to create a separation yes. when you have weakness. Mm -hmm. So again, education is the most important. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, a hernia, which can happen too, is when the connective tissue tears. 
Mm. So people can have hernias without being pregnant. Mm -hmm. You exert too much of a force, picking up something heavy or too much constipation, and you can create a hernia. There are some people that the, the connective tissue of their own make is not good quality. And that is something that is genetic. Mm-hmm. So these mm-hmm. can people herniate very easy. Most times if the hernia is quite large, sometimes it needs to be surgically repaired. But if it's very small, again, good physical therapy that understands that particular condition and strengthening can close it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. You know, I've, I've started actually using um, a new genetics company. I've been doing genetic testing or what we call mild genetic tests uh, for people for a number of years, but this one I really, really like. And there is a specific area on bone health and connective tissue. So people, you know, the people that do have the genetic challenges are ones that don't really do very well with collagen production, magnesium, uh, manganese, boron, calcium, you know, a number of different things that will actually help in terms of strengthening this. So it's uh, important to do the exercise and also their diet. Right. So going back to pregnancy, yes. So if you have the diastasis recti that it's not taking taking care of because you don't know you have it and you start to do all these crazy exercises, you may cause the connective tissue to actually tear and then you have diastasis recti and a hernia. Oh, okay. Mm. No good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it, it just, it just makes me think that, uh, physical, you know, a woman's physical therapy appointment should be part of routine prenatal and postnatal care. <laughs> it is not because insurance doesn't like to pay for it. Of course. You know? of course. We, we, yeah. we in America don't pay for preventive care. No, we, no. We, we like to fix things when they're bad. That's right. And that means surgery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in France, every single woman gets few visits while they are pregnant to do perineal massage. So when they have the baby, they don't tear as much. Ah, Here, it doesn't exist. Uh Women in France, immediately after they have the baby, they have physical therapy that comes to their home to give them 10 sessions of physical therapy in their home. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yes. But here I have to beg the doctors, they're going to call the obstetricians to please send us patients, but because they know insurance doesn't pay for it, they don't do it. So the patients that I get, are not necessarily all because doctors tell me, few of them do, but I'm talking about a lot of physicians. They should know this. They, they've, now women are more savvy. You know, They go on the web and they type things and they have groups of mothers and they talk within each other and mm-hmm. they learn, learn from each other. You know? mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and they come and get help without the doctor's approval you know? because sure. you, know, you need to advocate for your own health. Yes, 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 yes. So part of that is really getting those those messages out there. I find the same thing with me is that uh, many of the lab tests that I like to have drawn for patients are not part of the standard of care. And, and so patients have to really push and say, I want that done. Uh, and if the doctor refuses, you know, I have to use workarounds to get the 
get the right. lab data that I want. Yeah, it's right. that's kind of a sad state of affairs, but that's true. Yes. Right. Oh, this is yes. this is absolutely amazing. So Last of all, the forbidden discussion about bowel movements. You know, so many of my clients apologize as they get into this conversation. They go, hey, guys, I talk about poops every day of my, my practice. So. Me too, me too. Yes, yes. You know, fiber, both soluble and insoluble and educating people about the differences between the two, because each of those fibers make a difference in different conditions. Fat, having enough fat so that you can poop, as well as hydration and when to hydrate. Uh, but so tell me a little bit about your four women. So then there is one more piece. So <laughs> nutrition yeah. and PP here yes. is a clue. Okay. It's, yes. it's the best. Okay. So, um, so a patient starts to become constipated. They adopt ways on how they are going to use their muscles mm -hmm. improperly to push. So they start to compensate. And in that compensation stage, instead of really relaxing the muscles and pushing properly, they close everything. They don't realize, they don't understand how is the mechanism. Because how many times if things are working fine, you feel the desire, you sit in the toilet for a few minutes sometimes and you push, you don't even realize how, how did I poop well? I don't remember. You know, mm -hmm. because it's something automatic that happens since we are born, right? Mm -hmm. It's like being. Mm -hmm. So when they come to us already, they have been in a lot of dysfunction and we retrain them. We explain again the anatomy of how these muscles coordinate, how important it is to have core. If you don't have your belly muscles to push, it's not going to work. You cannot push with your chest, but that's how people <laughs> strain. Uh -huh. Strain, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So, and the coordination of if you know how to engage your belly and then your pelvic floor, you'll poop much better. So we teach them all the exercises that are necessary to relax the pelvic floor because they're probably like this tight, to open the pelvic floor, to strengthen the pelvic floor, to um, strengthen your abdominal muscle and also to use squatty potty, which mm, brings your legs up and yeah. also a technique of how to really bear down correctly. Yeah, yeah, that is- And so I have true. to tell you, and also we do some soft tissue massage to the abdominal to really move the transit. Mm -hmm. Because many times the constipation, it's like they have low transit. Things don't move fast enough. Yes. So we tell the patients after two hours of eating or with empty stomach in the morning, you put a little cream in your lower belly and you start to work. I'm going to show you mm -hmm. from the right side, from all the way down pubic bone, all the way up to the rib cage. And then you cross over to the left side and then you go down again to the pubic bone. And that really helps that things move, move and they get engaged in the right place. And then the technique of how you bear down correctly. Yes, 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 yes. You know, it's so interesting. It's so taboo in this country because I, I have a number of um, massage therapist colleagues as well. One who actually specializes in um, ileocecal valve. I just I interviewed him a few weeks ago, but it's so taboo in this country to touch the stomach. And yet in other cultures, abdominal massage is just a natural thing. So I, I'm I mean, so glad, started, glad that you brought it, that up. It started as far as the Mayan. <laughs> the Mayan 
they did this um, massage that in the United States is more well recognized as Arvigo massage. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And also it's amazing. So they are massage therapists that are practitioners. They have taken extensive courses of Arvigo, A-R-V-I-G-O. Mm. And it works really wonderful for constipation. Yeah. Oh, that's So wonderful. what we do, I'm not a trained Arvigo, but I have taken some courses. So I apply my own techniques and sure. a little bit of Arvigo as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is wonderful. I for all my folks out there with constipation issues, I hope that you- <laughs> there is there is hope. <laughs> <laughs> there is hope. Yes, yes, yes. Because I have to say, I, I see so many people, and actually, you may not even remember, but when I went through my whole healthcare crisis, you know, with the leukemia and then the Lyme, and then I got um, a staph infection, I was on multiple antibiotics went on to develop antibiotic resistance, um, but then developed really bad SIBO and I had had candida for many years. But you actually uh, talked with me about retraining how I pushed as well. And I remember it being so beneficial. So so I thank you. I thank you for me and I thank you for my patience. Um, yeah. This has just been absolutely amazing. So what, what three tips would you like to leave the audience with here today? Well, I will say really... Um, advocate for yourself. Nowadays, you don't have the doctor that takes you by the hand the way it was 50 years ago. Yeah, you need to be resourceful, you need to look, read. Sometimes there is not good information in the web, but many times, yes. So if the resources that you're looking like Mayo Clinic or Harvard Medical School are good resources, read, 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 so you can go and ask the right questions. Don't run into surgery or taking medications if you feel it's not the right thing. If one doctor doesn't know what's wrong with you and all that they tell you it's in your head, you're going to get better, just have a drink and relax. Try to open another door and find another physician or nurse practitioner that is going to listen to you. And um, and, and get a team, a team mm. that is working for you. Yes. Team Raquel, Team Julie, you know, mm-hmm. it's many times it's not one person that it's going to help you, but it's yes. a team. Oh my goodness. So, yes. And a team can be alternative medicine. It can be, you know, Western medicine, Eastern medicine. We don't care. Whatever works for an individual. We are all different. We all yes. look very similar, but we are all different. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because again, you're speaking my words in terms of that whole idea of collaborative care. Yes. And being in touch with one another, because, you know, it's so interesting. We, you know, Epic was developed so that uh, electronic medical records could be shared around the world. But I have to say, I say it's gotten worse, not better. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I don't need to deal with Epic. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people connect with you? Okay, so the best way will be to read my website because all the information that I told you here in only a few minutes is more extensively explained in my website, which is PT, like physical therapy, pthelp.com. Uh-huh. And then my phone number at the office, uh, 781-237-9006. And leave a message and I'll call you back. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> this was just amazing. And thank you so much for being here all That's across great. the country. <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled because I know that there are many women out in this world that need help. 
And and there are many wonderful pelvic floor PTs now all over the United States, all over the world. And we can finally really successfully help women. Yes, yes. Ah, thank you so much. So folks, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and share with your friends, family, and coworkers. I'm on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. And you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at juliefreemanmindfulwellness, and on YouTube at Julie Freeman Functional Medicine La Jolla. Until next time.